Beautiful greetings, everybody. My name is Alex Flores. And I am Meredith Frigo. And you're listening to Tea Time with Bitter and Sweet. Today, we will be talking about why do people sit around and watch somebody play video games for hours? We'll answer that. I wonder. I wonder too. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith, my dear. Yes. Can you tell me what we're drinking today? Yes, after we introduce our guest. Yay! We have a guest today, and it's my brother, Rob, who you hear occasionally <laughs> moving things on the table because he's not used to the microphone. Uh, Rob, say hello. Hello. Um, he's going to be talking with us today about video games. So, Rob, uh, you play lots of video games, yeah? Yeah. Which is what we're talking about today. Yeah. And you enjoy playing video games? Yeah. Okay. Very good. First, we're going to talk about what we're drinking. <laughs> so, all of us here at Tea Time with Bitter and Sweet like to have a nice little drink. Today, we are doing something a little occasional. Yes. For the special occasion. So, Meredith, tell me what you have concocted today. So, when I think of gamers, I think of energy drinks. Yep. So, we made a mocktail out of a yellow Red Bull, which is a tropical Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got coconut milk in it, fresh pineapple juice, and agave nectar. Mm. It is very sweet. It is so nice. Y'all like that straw action? <laughs> Featuring Meredith's favorite metal straws. It's true. These are I love these straws. But anyway, they're really good. It's like it reminds me of a pina colada a little bit. It's yeah, it, it's very similar. And then Rob, what are you mm-hmm. drinking? A monster. A monster. Mm-hmm. A monster for the monster, as Grandma would say. Yeah. Very good. Very fitting for a video game. Yeah, because. Would you say that that's a common thing video gamers do is energy drinks? Dependent on the person. Okay. It varies. Some people hate energy drinks. Well, sure. A lot of the people I play with don't like energy drinks, actually. I don't know why I think of energy drinks when I think of I, gamers. I think of energy drinks because a lot of gamers like to stay up. Most of the gaming happens at nighttime. Maybe so, and so, so they're drinking energy drinks. It's a lot more Mountain Dew than energy drinks. You'd be surprised. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people don't Lots like of sodas. Yeah, sodas and things like that. Sodas is more. It's because it has caffeine. Caffeine. Right. Monsters. Without I, the crash. I think you see a lot more monsters with people that, like, I, I've seen a lot more with people that work out or, like, just do more physical things. Okay. Like people who do um, gaming, a lot more people who game do sodas. I know that's weird, but... No, it makes, it makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because somebody who works out, they're going to be using a lot of energy for a certain amount of time. That's true. But gamers, they don't know when they're going to stop. <laughs> so they're trying to sustain. Well, but you drink energy drinks pretty often. And coffee. And coffee, which is great for you. <laughs> well, the coffee's wonderful. Energy drinks, not so much. I've never been a big fan of energy drinks, honestly, but I thought this would be a good opportunity or time to find a way to drink it that I like. And this is good. It's really nice. Very tasty. So the first topic that we're going to discuss is watching video games versus playing video games. So like, what is the appeal of playing? of watching a video game. What do you think the appeal is for watching? For me personally, the only time I've ever watched a video game, like a playthrough, is after I have already played the game. So I like to play a game. Like seeing how somebody else does it. Yeah, seeing how somebody else does it. Or if I'm stuck somewhere in a video game, like, oh my gosh, I watched so many how-to videos when I was playing Dark Souls. (laughs) Like so many how-tos because there were parts where I could not move on to the next phase. Sometimes when I get stuck, I'll look up on YouTube how to get through a certain part of a video game. We do that. I will preface this with saying that I am not the biggest video game player. I enjoy playing video games, but I am not a big video game player. Why are you raising your hand? I am. I know you are. (laughs) (laughs) That is the reason you are here. (laughs) So, do you watch... People play video games on YouTube? Primarily C-Nander still, even though he hasn't produced a video in about a year. Will, what a jerk. I know. I like C-Nander. I don't know. I like watching video games more so for the comedic 
Mm. So when I asked Russell why he watches people do gameplay, he said, because people, when I watch them, I do it because it's funny or entertaining. Entertaining. And so I was like, okay, I could see that. Like they're a, a comedian. Oh, no, well, not some of them are just comedians. Some of them actually do like, um, they invent stories Okay. in the game. I don't know. Oh. Have you ever heard of like Frankie on PC? No. I have not. Um, let me think who else. Uh, Chilled Chaos? Yes, I've heard of Chilled Chaos. Mm-hmm. Chilled Chaos kind of invents things as it goes along. And he Russell watches that. Too, so, mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I figured it was probably for some inner... I mean, to me, though, I guess what I was thinking when I first saw like people watching somebody play, like you don't hear people talking. You just see them, see playing, them playing. playing a game. <laughs> and I feel like that would be really boring. It depends on the game. And how people play. Sometimes I can watch a video if somebody isn't talking, as long as if I um, find it entertaining still. Like, some people will still do entertaining I could stuff. see doing that if it was a telltale game. Mm. Like, if it's a telltale game and it's already a story, so you're just watching it like a movie and I just watching people make the... I love telltale games. Yeah. Do you play any of those? Not really. So, telltale games, for people who don't know, is basically like it's a choose-your-own-adventure game. So what ends up happening is it's a storyline and it gives you like a certain amount of time to do one action or another. So like, for instance, you uh, go down to, uh, you get out of bed, you go down to the kitchen and you have to choose whether you're going to have Fruity Pebbles or uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And it like, based on that decision, it's going to affect the rest of the game. So it's interesting. The butterfly effect. They have a lot of that. Yes. And, um, and there's a game called that, isn't there? The butterfly effect or something like that? There's a game that's very much involved with it. Until Dawn. That's what it is. Yes, Until Dawn. And yeah. they, they really want you to know there's a butterfly effect. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they keep popping it up on the screen. It's like, this happened and you're screwed. Congratulations. Great. It's like a... Congratulations. Yeah, just like that. Oh, yeah, there's a game that I played that was like, uh, it's fairy tale themed, and it's like uh, the, you're the, uh, the bad wolf or something like that. Hmm. And you, uh, you have to figure out who's killed this fairy tale creature or something like that. It's actually really good. It's a telltale game that I was first introduced to by Russell. I should ask him what game that is and tell people what it is later because hmm. it was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I haven't played very many of those. Not gonna lie. They're fun. I enjoy them. Walking Dead. You're talking about the Wolf Among Us? Yes, that okay, is exactly a, what I thought. <laughs> I had to think about it for a minute. I'm like, fairy tale. Yeah, it has like all the fairy tales in it. It's kind of graphic, honestly, but it's really fun to play. I see a lot of people uh, play stuff like that on their phone. Graphic games? No, oh. Telltale. <laughs> I was like, that too. Man. I mean, like that too. Really? But, um, yeah. Huh. I would be. I wouldn't want to play graphic yeah, games no, in have. public. Because if you just play it in public, it, I don't know. I feel like it might disturb somebody. Or I would be afraid to play a graphic game in public. Would you be afraid to breastfeed in public? No, that's not graphic though. That's natural. So is actual blood. No. <laughs> you just hold your phone out like this for everyone. Like, I think, but if somebody's sitting by you, like if you're on a train or you're in the doctor's office and you're playing a game, someone's sitting right beside you and you're like playing this graphic game. That's my phone screen, not theirs. Don't well, look so at it. So it's their fault for looking at it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> Mind your own business. I don't know. So now we're going to talk about, I guess, kind of controversial video game things. Okay. So like one is video game addiction. What do you think of video game addiction? Doesn't exist. Do you have video game addiction? Nope. This is an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I I think it would be defined by how much it actually impacts your life. So like, most can def- you not sustain a full time job because you're too busy playing video games? So when I look this up, most definitions of a, a video game addiction is um, it refers to an excessive play which results in negative emotional, social, relational, educational, or career-related consequences. Okay. So basically what you just said. Yeah. So if it infect, infects Affects. effects um, a lot of your life, then maybe you have a video game addiction. However, mm-hmm. the DSM, 
which has all of the uh, diagnoses and things like that. The DSM does not recognize video game addiction as a thing. Really? So it says that it's not, and there's not enough evidence that proves that video game addiction is such a thing. Can you do something mm. like this for high school? I did a paper on on uh, aggression, that. not addiction. Oh. If video games make you aggressive, which we'll also talk about in a minute. But technically, isn't it just a compulsive behavior? I mean, if you really want to get down to the fundamental psychology of it all, I'm pretty sure the act of doing that type of activity mm-hmm. or like hobby is would be considered once it impacts your daily your living it's considered a compulsive behavior right and it may be one day will be in the dsm but i i will note that in the dsm gambling is in there as an addiction mm-hmm. a gambling addiction mm-hmm. which some people say is a game so but also there are gambling games yes that's true that a lot of people are addicted to um web md because they're accurate <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're gonna die <laughs> they always tell me i'm gonna have i have cancer and i'm dying tomorrow uh, but anyway webmd says that it, there isn't enough research to determine whether or not it's actually it can be addictive interesting or is it a, an addictive thing i see and it actually can be more harmful to say that somebody has a video game mm. addiction because you're labeling them as that have you ever been told you have a video game addiction yes so are we classifying addiction as a physical um uh uh, chemical imbalance type of addiction like a nicotine addiction or are we talking about any type of addiction like a psychological behavioral addiction because i feel like those are two separate things i'm not really like i said it's not defined very well there's not a whole lot of research on it and Mm -hmm. i'm guessing it's because it's a new relatively new concept Of, like, people being addicted to video games or technology. Right. I mean, there's a bit of a difference in addiction because I've had addictions to all kinds of things. Sure. But (laughs) But you don't think you've been addicted to video games? No. Well, I haven't had withdrawals from video games. Have you not? (laughs) (laughs) There's a bit of a difference between the two. Jesus. I think that's the difference, though, between a physical addiction, like a chemical imbalance type of addiction, and a psychological addiction. Sure. Because you can be strung out on a relationship that you're in and then be completely devastated when that relationship is over. And and I consider that somewhat of a psychological addiction because you feed into that relationship so much so that it becomes your identity Mm. or part of your identity anyway to be this person in this relationship. And then all of a sudden when that is taken away, your identity is kind of broken and you have a, a, a little bit of a trouble with that. I consider that to be a type of withdrawal. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Like, I understand what you're saying. I'm no, just saying that it, it is not designated right. as something that you can be addicted to. Of course. So, like, having nicotine constantly in your system and then all of a sudden stopping it, that's a different type of withdrawal. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you think that video games cause aggression? Um, Dependent upon the game. Okay. Mm. Yes. And also, two, I would two agree different with that. things. Dependent upon the game and dependent upon surroundings and also depend on your persona. I was about to say, I would think it'd be it, most dependent upon the person. It's dependent yeah. upon person, surrounding, like people that you're talking to, and then the game. Because, I mean, I could be playing Minecraft and I don't get mad if I die a bitch in time. Right. I'll just be like, well, I guess I'll just respawn in my bed and go get my blocks. <laughs> <laughs> go get my steak, too. I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it can cause aggression. I don't think it's like... In the younger generation, it can do more so for them. Not for people as they get older, as long as if they're not raised like a moron. Which is not guaranteed okay. these days. Correct. Yeah, they should be okay. Now, if they're raised like a moron, they're not going to be as good. Because I've met a couple of morons and I'm just like, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Um, how about as stress relief? I use video games as stress relief. And if I ever get to the point of frustration, that's when I stop. Okay. I found a website that talks, it gives you certain criteria for games that should be helpful for stress mm-hmm. relief. So the first one 
is that it must it, it must have almost instant playability. So you must be able to get on it and be able to play without much tutorials, mm. which I could see being frustrating. Like if there's a lot yeah. of tutorials in a game and you just want to get on and just play, I could see that being frustrating. But then it takes away the satisfaction of getting good at the game. See, I'm just talking about stress relief, but that's it. Not necessarily somebody who's going and trying to get really good at video gaming. Okay. Purely for stress relief. Mm-hmm. Um... Another criteria is has nothing to do with your real life. So as long as it's not something that is involved in your real life, okay. then it could be stress relieving. Mm-hmm. Another one is it's not too involved. So something like Elder Scroll or World of War. Craft. Craft. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. 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 Shut up. Both of you. Shut the hell up. <laughs> anyway... Uh, anything that takes a big commitment uh, might stress you out. So doing something that isn't so involved like that. That's why you should play PvE games. It also mentions, though, that some violent video games do cause stress relief for some people. Yeah. Call of Duty. <laughs> it actually mentions Call of Duty yeah. in the article. I agree with that to a degree. Mm-hmm. Like being able to release pent-up frustration by just shooting things. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, people do that in actual real life. They will go to a shooting range and just shoot things whenever they're frustrated. And sure. it's kind of like, it, it really is, it's kind of like a type of therapy. Sure. So doing it virtually, I don't, I, there is a difference, of course, because one is real. And, and one is not. Virtual. Yeah. But also, I mean, the, the classification of using it as a therapeutic hobby, I still find similar. Well, and I found multiple articles that mention this, that violent video games can cause stress relief. Mm -hmm. One of the articles I found, though, it mentioned that it can, it relieves your stress, but it can cause more hostility towards real life sometimes. Mm. So like, (laughs) I'm like, it causes more aggression, which is mm, kind of true. Yeah, and there's some evidence that says that it causes more aggression. It can, not that it does, like all the time or every time. Yeah, it depends on the person. But yes, right. I think it just purely depends on the people that are doing it. I agree. So, I also found some games that are supposed to be stress relieving. Okay. So the first one, which I thought was really stupid, but apparently it's very popular is a bubble wrap game. It's on your phone. It's an app. <laughs> and literally, you're just pressing the bubble wrap, and yep. it pops. And people find that very stress-relieving. Yep. That sounds very dumb to me. That sounds yep. boring. Yes, exactly. See, I think the reason why it's a stress-relief is because it doesn't have a winner and a loser. It's literally just a mundane task. That and you get on there, and right then you just start pressing buttons. Right, and you just start doing stuff. It's literally just a distraction is all it is. Yeah. There is no goal to um, be superior. You may as well get a fidget spinner. <laughs> or something like I feel that. Like the, yeah, maybe a digital fin- fidget spinner. It, yeah, precisely. Or a real-life one and put it in your front pocket. Maybe. I mean, that's up to the person, I guess, but... If they don't want to carry a fidget spinner spinner. around, I guess that's a good alternative. Mm. Because then they look like a dork. (laughs) Yes. Precisely. True. Um, The other one I found was called Color Break. And you can't find it on Android. So if you got an Android, (laughs) you're screwed. One reason why Apple is slightly better. They're not. Okay. Um, The next one is Personal Zen. And when I looked this up, though, it had terrible reviews. Really? So this website, I don't know how accurate it actually was. Okay. Um, But anyway, it said Personal Zen is good, but it got bad reviews. Uh, Paper Toss, which is literally a game where you throw a piece of paper into a a trash can. That's all it is. Cookie clicker. Mm. And you're like throwing it and you're aiming. So like you're just trying to make it into the trash can. Okay. That sounds like Pokemon Go. <laughs> I guess. Um, Rash. <laughs> relaxing puzzler is another one, okay. and it's just a bunch of puzzles. Yeah. And supposed to be relaxing. Again, it had bad reviews, mm. so I don't know. And then one that I'm going to suggest that's on your phone is called Monument Valley, and it's really beautiful. Like hmm. it's a, a aesthetically pleasing game. And the music in it's really nice. And then, like, it's uh, 
it's a puzzle game. Mm -hmm. It's just really pretty. So Monument Valley, great game to play on your phone. I like it a lot. Okay, Bethesda. Just saying. <laughs> I would recommend something like Scrabble. Something like Word Association. They say Tetris as well. Yeah, that one's a good one. Like puzzle games that or are just chess. mindless. I like chess, but then again, that's another situation where you have a winner and a loser. Mm -hmm. So when you lose, it makes you a little irritated maybe, a little bit frustrated. So maybe not as calming as other games would be. Right. But Scrabble, I feel like even though it's a winning and a losing game, it's more of a stimulant than anything. Is idle games. What games? Idle. What are idle games? I don't know what that is. Um, I don't... Have you ever heard of, like, cookie clickers? Oh, where you just are... The one that you showed me, where you just press that you're clicking a cookie over yeah, and over like again. Yeah, Tap Titan, Idle Hero, stuff like that. That's pretty relaxing. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. If you were to suggest... If somebody wanted to get into games... If they were wanting to get into video games in general, what is a, a game that you would suggest they, they play? Minecraft. Okay, that is a good to game. To start with. <laughs> yeah, because it's just building and creating and yeah. then but also the aspect of fighting off monsters. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But I mean if you know how to play the game. But if they don't, I mean then it, it would be somewhat challenging. You go you go punch a tree and then you go to the house <laughs> <laughs> and you hide until the sun comes up. Yeah, that's true. And then once you want to advance from Minecraft, go to the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that supposed to be a really difficult game? It is. That's why I said advance too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult. Uh, there's a game that I found it is difficult, uh, but I've really it reminds me of D and D. If people are D and D players, it's called Divinity. I don't know if y'all. Oh, I have played Divinity before. It's fun, mm -hmm. uh, but it it reminds me of D and D. I see. So if you're a D&D player and want to get into video games, that's my mm. suggestion. Okay. So I wanted to ask another question. Okay. Are you ready? I hope so. Okay. So why do you think video games are more common with men? Because personally, I feel like video games have always been marketed Sorry. to be violent. Maybe because it's violent and men are just more aggressive. Yeah, I guess so. Which is so counterintuitive because if men are more aggressive and then they play all these aggressive games and then potentially mm -hmm. they become more aggressive beings. Mm -hmm. And then she play PC. What's uh, like I've, I've seen more girl gamers, almost more girl gamers than guys on PC. Well, and I think there are still girl gamers. Like, there's plenty of them. There's it. It's just, it's, especially when it first started, it was just more of a man thing. I think yeah. that's how it was marketed. You know, I, I, I think it was all kind of marketing. Because you can very easily convince a man to spend money on something like a video game. But a female is going to take a little bit more convincing to, to try and get her to spend money on something that's just blood and guts. Well, and video games are fun. And also, like I was saying, there are aesthetically pleasing, oh, yeah. pretty video games. Like, I love Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is an amazing game. And oh, it's yes. beautiful. beautiful. Also, there's a sequel coming out. Yes, <laughs> soon. I'm so excited. <laughs> um... Okay, so anyway, I just wanted to ask you why you thought men were more commonly playing video games. But like you said, women are getting more and more involved. And now, I mean, there's plenty of women there's video game players. tons of them. Like, I, I don't know what you've been playing or what you've been hearing about them, but like... Well, it's just statistically, it is more common for men to... Previously, yes. Nowadays... Even now, though, it, men more commonly play video games. There are lots of women who do, yes, but still men outnumber women in video game play. I guess I play a lot of womenly video game things. I guess you do. <laughs> Just being honest, it's I run into a lot of chicks on games and I'm like, hi, how you doing? They're like, hello. Hello. Is that how they go? <laughs> but then again, I mean, just ask, maybe this is a, a impolite question, but do you think you... How do I say this? <laughs> Are you going to ask him if women are more attractive who play video games? No, but along those lines, do you think you consciously pay attention whenever you realize it's a woman that you're playing with? And then because men that you're playing with, you don't really pay attention to those ones? No, like you, everyone equally. 
Okay. I hate everyone nice. equally. <laughs> but I, I would think to myself, because I myself as a video gamer, when I'm playing other video games and I realize that I'm playing with a woman, I don't consciously like think about her as a woman. But when I hear a man's voice, I'm just like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So like, I'm not consciously or possibly even unconsciously counting the number of women that I encounter in video games. games. And most of the gameplays that I see, like for instance, uh, Russell watches a lot of Rooster Teeth um, and Achievement Hunters and stuff like that. And most of them are men. The majority of their people, they have women, but it's like two women are playing with five guys. So that's always uh, unbalanced when it comes to men and women playing the games. I guess the point that I'm trying to get at is maybe consciously you're just you acknowledging. Just pay more the, yeah, you're paying more attention to the women players because I mean, as a as a guy, I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yes, okay, I do. I'm glad. I'm not misunderstanding you. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I personally, since I, right. when I watch gameplays, I see it's less women than men. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's different, though. That's online. That's that's people that go out and do the recordings. Right. But, there, I mean, there's still, like, for instance, on Twitch, um, somebody explained. There what, are a lot of female Twitchers. Yes, there are. <laughs> um, on Twitch, there's a lot of them because they would make more money because mm-hmm. men like to watch women play video games. Mm-hmm. They do. Don't make that face. <laughs> For the listeners who can't see anything, Rob just made a face. Um, but it's true. Like men just like women who video or who video games who uh-huh. play who play games. They are so, a video game. <laughs> they are a video game. They Think, like them. Think about this in real life, not in video game world. In real life, how many women enjoy when their men, their significant others, are busy playing video games? How many women like that yeah, situation? Yeah, most women don't. They don't. How many men would like find it. it attractive if they come home, open the door, and they see their woman playing one of their video games? Yeah. They would be very, very happy. So it makes sense for, again, marketing, that if you wanted to make money, females would make more money on some uh, streaming service like Twitch than a man would because how many people are going to go on... Okay, rephrase. How many women are going to go on Twitch and watch a guy play video games? Not very many. It's true. How many... I personally don't. I'd rather play a game. Exactly. How many men would go on and watch a female play a video game? Plenty. Plenty. I even have a friend who does stream on Twitch, and she has issues because she says a lot of times (laughs) she's really sexualized. And so men, she tends to... She even puts a little thing on her. You can type out a little bio Message, message thing, whatever. She even puts on there, she's like, yes, I'm a woman. Please do not mention it while I'm playing the game or don't make me feel uncomfortable while I'm playing the game or don't tell me to take my shirt off while playing the game. <laughs> like, because it's a thing. <laughs> it is. And some women do do that on Twitch. Yes, they do. Some. Money, money, money. There's also campsites for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Truth. E3. E... Three. You just shook your head. Why did you shake your head? Because it was so bad this year. Oh. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Bethesda is horrible. <laughs> well, they introduced the sequel to Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. in this year's E3, which is when I got very excited about it. I didn't watch all of E3 because I think that's dumb. <laughs> I just looked up the... The highlights. I don't normally watch. Uh, once everything is done, I'll go back and I'll read everything that was announced, and I'll go to every company's like I don't know how you say page or like sure their website. Yeah, their website or something. Well, E three normally has like a, a website of its own, and then you go to each company and it tells you like what's going on, like the little sections. Yeah, the the sections and like the booths and the schedule and all that stuff. So I'll go on and I'll read through everything, and then the ones that I was curious about, I'll go back and watch their presentation. Mm, is nice. what I normally do. And do you watch every year? No, only this year. Okay, but it sucked this year. Okay. Well, how do you know not all the other ones sucked? (laughs) (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit about the culture of E3. Because if you watch E3, it is very professionally done. Sure. 
Most people don't, for the very first, very, very first time watchers ever watching a full E3 um, convention. I just can't watch it. You would be very, very surprised by how organized, how professional, how incredible everything is put together and everything is presented. Because when you think about a video game convention, you don't think about it on the professional level of, I don't know, like a sports convention mm-hmm. or, or a car show right. or anything like that. To be honest with you, the first time I heard that there was a video game convention, like an E3 or mm-hmm. whatever, I thought of cosplay. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, people go yeah. and probably dress up like as their Comic-Con themselves. Yes, right. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily the case. People do go dresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get like news anchors right. to go and report. And there are some people who make a living just out of video game commentary and video game, um, what's it called? The, oh shit. My gay is sticking out. What are the people called who are on the sidelines of basketball games? Ref- referees? No. They're the, they're the commentary. <laughs> they're the commentary of the video games. I would just say like, commentary. Not video games. Shit. They're the com- but there's like an actual title for their... Sure. Na- narrative? Are you talking narrative? about narrative game? Yeah. It's like the people that are like, and there he goes, crossing the fifth yes, line. Yes, exactly. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. But there are people who make a living just out of doing that. Sure. Of just... Narrating yeah, people narrating playing. Yeah, narrating people playing. Okay. Because there are a lot of times, and especially in games like League of Legends, one of the most popular games right now, sometimes you're watching the screen and there's so much chaos on screen, you have no fucking idea what's going on. Sure. I myself playing the game sometimes have no fucking idea what's going on. He plays... Do you play League of Legends? No, actually, I play There's, Smite. That's what I was thinking. Ah, Never mind. Smite. I tried League of Legends. I don't like third person um, camera. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid camera. I actually played, and I know we were going to talk about this later on competitive play while we're talking about E3 and narrating. So, competitive play, I have played League of Legends. I played it for like maybe two years, three years um, consecutively, and I was playing. Um, pretty regularly but i never played competitively however there was a game that i played competitively and it didn't last very long i want to say it lasted maybe a a maximum of two years maybe two and a half years it was a game called paragon and it was on the ps4 it was a kind of a a reinvention of what league of legends is on the ps4 Mm -hmm. and um i ended up i think my highest ranking I ranked on world, like around the world, global. My global ranking was in the top 6% of mm. everybody who played the game. Right. And it was like really incredible to be part of that community, but holy shit, it was so competitive and so toxic mm-hmm. and just so just aggravating sometimes. And it really pissed me off. And after that, I never paid, played competitively again. <laughs> Described every competitive game that exists. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, speaking of trying... Yeah, I can understand being competitive on games. Um, I got to the point where I was number two in knifing in the world for mm. Call of Duty. Yeah. Or Call of Duty Black Ops. Mm. I knew that you... And I was like 14. Mm-hmm. Nice. And you're good at games like that, like first-person shooter games. Mm-hmm. He had me play a first-person shooter one time because I'm not good at them at all. Mm. And I couldn't get my... I couldn't even get it to him to stand up straight and walk. <laughs> so he kept, like, falling and, like... Rob was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. Because <laughs> I couldn't, like, get them to shoot and him move right at the same time. You know what this reminds me of? Tell me. When you're playing Breath of the Wild... You have a really hard time with the bow. Yes, I do. Out of everything. Which, you I love really the Switch the because it allows me to move the actual thing, <laughs> and I can control <laughs> it just by my motion, so it helps. Helps me a lot. But I did just realize, you have a lot, like, you play really well. I have well, a hard time with that. But you have a really hard time shooting. I'm really bad at it. And I know this about myself, <laughs> so I don't play games like that. I see. Usually, I don't. But Rob was curious, I guess, and I was really bad at it. It's all coming together. Yes. What was this? I don't remember. Uh, it was when I was at, we were at the other house, uh, the other apartment, and uh, you and Russell were watching me play, and I was like, 
just super bad at it. I think you came to visit for your for my recital, and y'all were playing. Anyway, it's not really important. I just remember y'all being there, and y'all were laughing at me. I don't remember. That's okay. Competitive play. <laughs> super aggressive. Uh, do you play competitively? Mm, dependent upon the game. Like, not professionally necessarily, but just competitive play in general. Games that are competitive? Yeah, all the time. Well, sure. <laughs> I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly. I don't know either. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> Have you ever played competitive, played professionally? I've done season play on Overwatch, but that's just... Everybody can do that. We're talking about like maybe more so like regional tournaments. Like competitions. Okay. I've had people ask me if I wanted to do it, and I'm just... Mm-mm. They're too... I don't, I don't like super competitive people. They're too... Um, Aggressive? Same. Aggressive, Sweaty. would you say? Sweaty. <laughs> Sweaty. <laughs> when I started p- no. playing competitively, and this is one of the great things about... Um, competitive play because there are I guess you could call them factions there are the solo players and then there are the groups yeah so the groups are pre-made most of the time by people in your area or people you know really well and then they'll form a group and then they'll apply for a position in a tournament or a uh, a competition as a group Mm -hmm. and then there are people who are solo players who don't belong to groups and they apply to play you don't find a whole lot of really really well-made groups a lot of the time unless you're playing on the professional like paid playing level right so a lot of us solo players we have to rely on people who we don't know at all to kind of be on our level and um, one of the great things I love about that is when you're a solo player, you ain't even on my level. You don't have to care about anybody. Right. But like when you're in a group and you're in a pre-made group and you know these people, then you kind of have to care about them. A little more. And whenever they fuck up, you kind of have to like, oh, I'm a little irritated with you, but I can't say anything. Right. Because I need to build you up, not tear you down. But me as a solo player, I'd be like, bitch, really. <laughs> Sorry, I was drinking my drink it's while you were okay. saying that. That's fine. Um, I feel like I would struggle with competitive play mm. because I'm not a very competitive person. So, like, I feel like... You would be surprised because it brings out the competition. Although, when you and I play... Uh, uh, Super Smash Bros. Yeah. Sometimes I do. You do get a little competitive. Sometimes. <laughs> or I'll like scream a profanity or something. When we were kids, we used to play it and Meredith was very competitive. <laughs> and then there are a couple of times when you win and you're just like, oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm surprised. Or when but you're I... the one who's chosen to, um, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to, to get the new character. Because in Super Smash Brothers, uh, the one on the Switch, whenever you uh, finish a match, whoever performed the best, they get to fight the new character. And if you beat them, then you the, have them on your team. Have them on your team. And Meredith is always, she holds her breath. Always like, She's just like, don't let it be me, don't let it be me, don't let it be me. <laughs> I just don't want to, I don't want to do it. I'm bad at I'm really bad at that. You keep messing with your beard. I'm just thinking. Okay. Like a wizard. Mm. Stroking his beard like a wizard. I see. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think I would, but also I think it would piss me off to have, uh, to be on a, in a competition. It because would, people would would be overly competitive. Mm-hmm. I know they would too. Yeah. And I would be mad and 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 be like, "You need to calm the fuck down." Yeah. Some people are overly competitive even on casual games. Sure. Yeah. It's like you know we're just here to as you all It's say, just for pop fun. Bubbles and pop bubbles. <laughs> Somebody would somehow make that competitive. You'd be surprised. I'm sure. I can pop more bubbles than you. And go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like it would make me more mad than anything. So I probably won't ever compete in any mm. games, but shocking. I know. <laughs> Video games. Yay. We stand. 
Huzzah! <laughs> well, the, the one thing that uh, I'm surprised y'all didn't know about this, a lot of games are becoming political. Did y'all know about that? Oh, yeah. I didn't. Uh, you've seen those? Mm-hmm. And it, it's ridiculous. It's like, I'm here to play a game, not, mm-hmm. not review mm-hmm. politics. That's yeah. a, I guess that makes sense, though, because I feel like politics gets into everything. Mm-hmm. It's in a lot of video games nowadays. And it, I was it, it takes away from the fun Like factor. what? Um, in a lot of games, people, like on uh, Assassin's Creed, this doesn't bother me too much because it's only at the start of the game that they like putting this in, but they're like, this is based on various religious beliefs, da 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 And I'm just like, I don't care. Is it a good game? Right. <laughs> I just need to know mm-hmm. is it fun and it might not? it might be a warning they have to put up mm-hmm. but also like i guess they could make up a religion or something like that instead of well they yeah. did the same thing to apex legend they were um what was it on apex Legends? they made it to where everybody had like a background story and all this other stuff and they made it to where it it was semi starting to get kind of political and it's just kind mm-hmm. of like I don't care though is, mm-hmm. is fun I don't care though yeah a lot of them are like that now, th- I didn't that's even realize that that's what me about certain games nowadays right <laughs> like um what was it Battlefield 4 do you remember what happened with Battlefield 4 or 5 sorry sort of on Battlefield 5 uh, they were it, it could have I think it was at the E3 or something mm-hmm. the dude was like okay if you don't like how the game is don't play it nobody played the game <laughs> I guess when you tell them <laughs> like, a lot of games are like that nowadays, and that's what kind of bothers mm-hmm. me about gaming nowadays now I'm just like I'm just gonna go play older games cause everybody's Crazy. Yeah. I have noticed as well, whenever I first started playing... Okay, so I'm going to get into a little bit of a controversial game. Fortnite. I do not play Battle Royale. I was a um, beta tester on Fortnite, and they did not open Battle Royale until after they had already made the game. So on Save the World, it's a drastically different game. Mm -hmm. There are four people on a team, and you build a fort, and then... The sun will go down. And Is that why it's called Fortnite? You yes. Know forts? That's literally. Oh my God. People don't know that the word Fortnite is the summary of the game. During the daytime, you build a fort. At nighttime, all the zombies come out and you have to protect whatever is inside your fort. That's crazy. And people don't know this because nobody plays the original Fortnite. Say, I've never they only play Fortnite. Battle Royale. Yeah. Because Battle Royale is where all the money is. But the original game, you only buy once. Hmm. So Battle Royale, you can continuously spend money on it. So everybody markets Battle Royale. But the original game, the one I was a beta tester on, the one I still play today, you have characters that you find around the world and you can play them um, as you go off into the world and build your forts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there are four classifications of players in the game. There are outlanders, commanders, or commandos, uh, construction um, or, or are the commandos only in their underwear? <laughs> uh, constructors he didn't and then ninja. <laughs> no, okay, they're not only in their underwear. So there's ninja, outlander, commander, and constructors. So what I found really, really interesting is that primarily all of the ninjas were Asian characters. Mm. All of the constructors were primarily English characters, as in their character literally had English accents. Mm-hmm. All of the um, commandos were primarily Mexican characters. And all of the outlanders were, um, I think, also Asian. Wait, no. Outlanders were Asian. Ninjas were African-American. Okay. It's all coming back to me now. So, like, each classification... Now, the, the races were mixed. But you could tell, opening your menu screen for the character types... Right. ...that there was very obvious, like, stereotyping. Mm. And it was supposed to be so that each type of person felt related to a certain class. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, as a Mexican, noticed that all of the commandos looked like Mexicans. I just can't help, but I, like when you say commandos, I think of a character who's just <laughs> in his underwear going commando. There is actually one that is... Actually, he, is going commando underwear less or is going no, commando yeah. just being in your underwear? No, it's wearing clothes without underwear underneath. Oh, that's going commando. That's a different picture. Okay. <laughs> they literally look the exact same. It's just a surprise. One underneath. <laughs> <laughs> just a surprise. A surprise. Anyway, yeah. 
fun little tidbit. But I noticed because Fortnite is such a now so there's very like stereotypes game. and there's yeah. politics in yep. video games a lot of the time. Yeah, that doesn't sound like because most people go to video games to escape. It's how they make video games relatable, and the more relatable a video game is, the better they can market it. I guess. That's why Battlefield Five crashed and burned. And I don't know if any of you have seen the trailers for Fortnite. The four-man team is a four-man team of a black guy, an English woman, an Asian guy, and a Mexican woman. So it's two men, two women, and all four different types of races. races. played later on because, to my knowledge, that I think they were all randomized. They're not. Hmm. In Save the World. I'm not talking about Battle Royale. I'm talking no, about that's what I Save mean. the World. Yeah, yeah, no, I played it with my buddies, and they were all randomized whenever I played. The very first character you play as is Commando Ramirez, and she's a Mexican female. Hmm. And then later on, you realize that all of the commandos are primarily Mexicans. Hispanic. And there's uh, the names. Or Latin. Yeah. The, the names are all equivalent. Hmm. It's pretty good. Like, I didn't think about it until I got, like, really, really far into the game, and I had almost collected all of the characters. Now, and I looked at them all one by one, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> this makes sense. <laughs> that's funny. But also, I don't know. I, like, to me, that's the the whole playing a game to not cause stress mm-hmm. and it says like don't do things that are like real life but they try to do it subtly yeah so that you're not noticing that you're being brainwashed evidently they're not very subtle <laughs> I noticed it only after I finished the entire thing okay but still but even still yeah I noticed it okay well anyway so politics <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were talking about. Not a good subject. No. 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 Okay, then we shall move on yep. to our next segment, Brewing Something Bitter. Meredith, my dear, what makes you bitter this week? My bitter this week is my car. Oh, what happened now? You and I kind of switch back and forth with car bitters. <laughs> um, my, uh, It makes a like a sound a lot. Gargling? Like, Kind of like whenever you're, whenever I turn, I know it's my power steering. Oh, that's right. You said that. But before. I need to, I need to get it fixed, and I don't wanna. Mm. It's going to cost the money, and I don't want to pay. I hate that. <laughs> I do too. So yeah, that's my bitter. I'm okay. sad because Honey is having some struggles. Mm. Honey, the Honda. Yep. How about you, Rob? What is your bitter this week? People. People. Still. Same. Just, just people in general. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Perfectly fine. Perfectly I'm fine. like Scrooge. People are stupid. You are like Scrooge. <laughs> I believe it. Like the one from, uh, um, not the Sesame Street, like the, I guess it is Sesame Street. The Muppets. The Muppet mm. Sesame Street. The Muppet, I mean, uh, uh, what is that movie called where Scrooge is in it? Book. A Christmas Carol. Yeah. The Muppets, A Christmas Carol. You're that Scrooge. <laughs> From the Muppets. Bahamba. <laughs> How about you, Alex? My bitter is that I still don't have internet at my apartment. Why? <laughs> I just, because I have unlimited data on my phone. So you just refuse? And I literally, I honestly, like, it's not that big of a deal. But it's your bitter? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> it's not I the mean, big like, of a deal. That's my better for the week. It's something that it's been on my to-do list for literally an entire year, and I just haven't done it. So I think that's why I'm a little bit bitter, because I just keep putting it off. Off and off and off. And then by the time your lease comes up, you'll be like, well... My lease is up this month. <laughs> exactly. Are you moving? No, I'm staying. Okay. Fair enough. Um, okay. Alex. Yes. What is sweet this week? I am super excited about the remake of Final Fantasy VII. Nice. This is a good one to announce that. Because Final Fantasy VII was one of my all-time favorite games. It's in my top five list mm-hmm. of video games throughout my entire life. Russell likes it too. I think oh, he likes. It's so good. I think he likes Kingdom Hearts the best. How dare he? But uh, he likes Final Fantasy <laughs> as well. How dare he not choose The Legend of Zelda? Oh, I know. That's why I was like, Ugh. what a bitch. Anyway, so um, Final 
Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's going to be on the PlayStation 4 for its initial release. Mm-hmm. It is, looks absolutely phenomenal. Incredible. It's on Real Engine, I think, number four. Mm-hmm. I can't exactly remember. But the original game, not only did I play it and love it, I downloaded love it from my it. phone. It's on my phone, nice. the original. I paid like $7 for it, and I replayed it, and I put so much time into that game. So much time. So to hear so that it's worth the money. It's so worth the money. So whenever I heard that they're doing a remake, I was just like, oh, all of the poor, poor children of the world who never played this game are going to get to finally, finally experience <laughs> Have their own. it. Yes. Very nice. Very, very nice. How about you? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you finished? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. How about you, Rob? What is your sweet this week? Is it that you had a monster and that you get to see your beautiful sister? Yeah, getting to hang out with you. That's fine. Aww. Aww. That's not his, but it's yours, but okay. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he says that's not his, It's not yours, but it's mine. Oh. Uh, I mean, that is my sweet that you, you've come on the podcast. Uh, but also, I watched a movie that I really enjoyed um, that has been out for a while and that I probably should have seen by now, hmm. but I watched it this week, and it is one of my new favorite movies. And it's an anime of all things. Mm. Howl's Moving Castle. Mm. Beautiful, wonderful movie. It just gave me all the feels and it was so good. Aww. It made me very happy. So, uh, Russell and I are on a Studio Ghibli. Ghibli? Mm-hmm. Ghibli? Ghibli? I think it, I don't know. Studio Ghibli Ghibli film. That too. <laughs> um, kick. So, we've been watching all of the movies from studio whatever mm-hmm. and uh, we've been really enjoying that he loves he loves spirited away which is a really good movie oh my god it's so good he had never seen it but i i've seen that one i hadn't seen howl's moving castle and that was so good i love spirited away yeah it's good stuff you know what spirited away reminded me of huh. and i don't know if I, it's just because i saw this series first did you ever see inuyasha no it's this anime about this half-breed um, demon wolf, mm-hmm. demon fox dude. Okay. And um, the animation of the series is very, very similar to Spirited Away. Okay. And the aesthetic of everything is very similar to Spirited Away. And it reminded me so much of the show. And Inuyasha was one of my favorite things ever growing up. Nice. I just like that Studio Ghibli films are so pretty, and the music's great, and it has such a happy story, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're good. We watched uh, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, and... Oh, I love Princess Mononoke. Yeah, it was, it was good. So good. I liked that one a lot, too, but my mm-hmm. favorite was Howl's Moving Castle. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. So, that is all. That's all, folks. Sorry. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of the world, if you have any comments, questions, or um, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to get a hold of us. All of our contact information will be in the description, as always. And until next time, beautiful farewells, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.